Welcome to The Rock Church and World Outreach Center. We pray that this message will strengthen and encourage you. Now, here's a message from Pastor Dan Roth. Amen. Tonight, get your Bibles out and go with me to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter number 2. While you're turning there, the title of tonight's message is Christmas Time. Christmas Time. It's actually a little bit of a play on words, and we'll talk about what that means as we go throughout the message tonight, but we're talking about Christmas time. While you're turning to Luke chapter 2, I was reminded of a story uh, of a couple of guys who decided one year that they were going to buy season tickets to their favorite football team. And so they were so excited, and they went, and they chose some great seats. They had a great view of the field, and they were just beside themselves at the first game, and they just thought, man, this is unreal. We've got a whole season to watch our favorite team play. And as they were sitting there, they noticed that the seat next to them was empty. And they said, oh, man, we got a, a, a seat next to us that's empty. Maybe we can bring a friend sometime, and uh, that'd be kind of fun. But, but it's probably so they probably just could make it to the first game. So the next game comes, and sure, sure enough, the seat is empty. they got great seats, loving the games. Their team's doing well, third game, fourth game, fifth game. They're into the season, and they realize, man, we're, we're missing out. We need to go and get this seat because obviously it hasn't been sold. And so they go to the box office, the ticket desk, and they say, hey, you know, these are our seats. Can we get the third seat? Because we would love to bring a friend and, and just have all the seats filled and root for the team, and that'd be great. And they, they looked it up, and they said, I'm sorry, but actually that, that seat is sold. The owner just hasn't sat in it yet for the season. And so they said, oh, that's so strange. That's so odd. So they continue on through the season and through the year, and eventually it gets to be around Christmas time and New Year's, that sort of a thing. And they show up to the game after Christmas, and wouldn't you know it, there's somebody sitting in the seat. And they're, they're just like, wow, oh my goodness, someone's actually sitting in the seat. Well, I wonder who it is. And so they go down and they find a guy sitting there and he's another fan of the team. He's all excited. It's his first game there. And, and they said, well, hey, you're the season ticket owner. Why haven't you been here? And he said, don't ask. Man, my wife bought this season ticket in the summer and waited to surprise me with it at Christmas time. How many of you know timing in some cases, is everything, right? Maybe an early Christmas gift would have been appropriate for that. But see, God knows the times and the seasons that we live in. And the Bible says for everything under heaven, there is a time. There is a place, and God makes all things beautiful in its time. And Christmas is a time for us to jump on some things. There are some things that this time of year, greater than any other time of year, we have opportunity and we have things presented to us that aren't usually presented to us. I want to read in Luke chapter number 2, verse number 8 through verse number 18. Luke chapter 2, verse number 8, starting out, says, Now they were in the same country, shepherds, living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Verse 9, and behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Verse 10, then the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. Verse 11, for there is born to you this day, everybody say this day, this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Verse 12, and this will be a sign to you, you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. Verse 13, and suddenly... There was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, verse 14, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Verse 15, so it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go. Everybody say, now go. Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. Verse 16, they came with haste 
and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Verse 17, now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. Verse 18, and those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Now we're going to stop there, but you're welcome to continue reading the story. I would encourage you guys to read Luke chapter 1, Luke chapter 2, to read the story in Matthew, and, and just to get this Christmas narrative in your heart. Get the scriptures, sit down with the Holy Spirit, and just let them teach you and talk to you about the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. But like we said, timing is everything. And, and Christmas time is no different. That when we take a look at this story, when we see what happened at the birth of Jesus, once again, timing was everything. That here on the night that Jesus is born, that the Bible tells us that Mary and Joseph lay him in a manger. And then that becomes the sign that the angels express to these shepherds who are watching their flocks by night. Here the shepherds run with haste. They run and they go that very same hour, that very same night, to go and see this thing which has taken place. Because this is an amazing thing that's happened. There, there's such a celebration that not just one angel, but a heavenly host shows up singing the song of heaven, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. And so they run and they find it just as the angel had spoken. And then they go, and I love this, they gossip the gospel. They tell everybody that they find it, and they make widely known this saying that, hey, we heard that this is going to be the Christ. This is going to be the Messiah. This is the one that we've waited for. This is the one who will redeem Israel. This is the king of Israel. And they made that widely known. And I see in this story that there's a couple of things for you and a couple of things for me that Christmas is the time for. That if we're going to seize the moment and the opportunity that God has for us, we need to recognize and realize some of the things that God is doing in this story. But also, guess what? In our lives, every time that this comes around, and even into the rest of our days, Christmas is the time to, number one, be as vocal as you can with your faith. Somebody ought to say a great big amen on that one. Because if ever there was a moment... If ever there was a time, Christmas is a time when we should be big mouths for Jesus. Let me ask this question. Do we have any full-time ministers in the house? There you are. Yeah, we do. And listen, as a full-time minister, you have the job everywhere you go and everything that you say and in everything that you do to represent Jesus Christ. Now, you don't always use words, right? An excellent job will speak of who Jesus is. The loving kindness that you share will show who Jesus is. A gift can show who Jesus is. Great service to others can show who Jesus is. Kind words or an attentive listening ear. You know, just your countenance sometimes. A smile on your face, a pep in your step, right? A glide in your stride. Come on, somebody. Something that you do can show somebody who Jesus is. The Bible uh, is very clear, though, that there are opportunities where we are given open doors to proclaim the truth about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, I believe that everywhere we go, we should share the gospel, and if necessary, use words like we've heard. But guess what? It's necessary. People need to hear the good news that Jesus Christ came as the Christ child. People need to hear the good news that Jesus went to the cross and died, and that he was raised again to life, and now he's seated at the right hand of the Father. People need to know that this story isn't just a little kid's story. It's not just a tale that only is for Christians. No, this is the light of the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whosoever, guess what? That's your coworkers. That's your neighbors. That's your relatives that you don't even like. Come on. That's everybody, right? And we have an opportunity, and at this time, in Christmas time, we should be as vocal as we can with our faith. Now, again, there are times that you're not to be 
vocalizing your faith. When your boss is paying you a, a, a wage to do a job, you should be doing the job, right? But guess what? At break time, all bets are off. You sit down, and now all of a sudden you have an open door of opportunity because God has entrusted his church with the message of the gospel. There's not going to be an angel that comes and preaches the gospel. Not going to be anybody else. Jesus isn't coming back to tell everyone. the God. No, he's entrusted that message to the church, to you and to me. We should be looking for the moments where we can share the hope that we've been given in Christ. And, and I believe that there are more opportunities at Christmas to share our faith than most of the year that are given to us. Now, that doesn't mean God can't open a door, you know, in January, February, March, all throughout the rest of the year. But guess what? This is a time where people are thinking about Jesus, and the door is wide open. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse number 2, for he says, In an acceptable time I have heard you, and in the day of salvation... I have helped you. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. See, we need to take advantage of the time. The Bible says we should be redeeming the time because the days are evil. Now, how often do you hear the question this time of the year, hey, what are you doing for Christmas? Anybody heard that already? What are you doing for Christmas, right? Well, people, are, how, how about this one? I hear this one a lot. Are you ready for Christmas? right? And you know what that means. That means, have you bought everybody on your list a gift? Are you ready for Christmas, right? Did you do your Amazon shopping early enough that the deliveries will come before Christmas Eve so that you can wrap it and have it ready for all the Christmas gatherings? That's really what they're asking is, are you a procrastinator, right? And most of the time, the people that say, I'm not ready, are the ones who are waiting till the day before Christmas to run out in the midst of all the chaos and who like throwing elbows to find that deal, right? But I believe that those are open doors of opportunity. What are you doing for Christmas? Oh, man, we already started Christmas. What do you mean you started Christmas? Well, we had girls' night out. What's girls' night out? Oh, at our church, they throw this big bash for Christmas. All the ladies, we had 3,000 ladies, 133 ladies got saved, got saved. Really? Oh, yeah, okay. You know, they're thinking, you know. But you've got them, and you're just reeling them in. And then, man, we've got Christmas service. They're doing Christmas messages. They're, they're preaching on the story. Then we've got the family night. What's family night? Do you have to have a family to be? No, it's for everybody, right? And you start telling them what's going on little by little. And then we're going to have Christmas Eve communion service. See, they've heard about this stuff, but they've never experienced this stuff. You know how that conversation ends? Here's how it ends. You should come. You should come to my church. Oh, well, I have my church. You know what? Most of the people that say, I have my church, right? They don't have their church. They've got their church called, you know, Netflix. They've got their church called playing golf. They've got their church called, hey, what are we doing this Sunday? I don't know. What do you want to do this Sunday? They got their church called sleeping in. Or they used to have a church when they were kids, and so they called that their church. Well, I'm a Baptist. I'm a this. I'm a that. I'm a Lutheran, right? I'm a Catholic. And they say that they have a church, but really, they don't got a church, right? And so that's your opportunity to say, hey, you should come. You should come. Oh, you already have plans to go to your church? Well, I haven't been there in years, you know, but I, I, you know, I, think, about, I think about God every day. Oh, that's good. Why don't you think about God in my church, right? And, and you just lay it on thick. It's an open door of opportunity. A lot of times people that, that, that have been thinking about church or been thinking about Christmas or been thinking about that will come. I was so blessed this last week to hear all the testimonies of people that said that their grandmother came and got saved. I mean, people were saying that they had coworkers that came that were other religions that, that had never stepped foot in a Christian church in their life that came because they were invited to our girls' night out. These are the opportunities. These are the moments. These are the times, and we need to seize them and make every bit of headway that we can. 
We need to talk about church. We need to talk about God's blessings on our family. We need to talk about the greatest gift that we've been given in Jesus Christ and any other thing that the Holy Spirit brings up in the conversation. We need to trust the Holy Spirit to lead us to say just what needs to be said as these opportunities present themselves. Remember Jesus said to his disciples, you're going to be taken in front of the synagogues and the rulers and and kings and, and, and governors and all that kind of stuff. And he said, don't premeditate what you're going to say. Any premeditators in the place tonight that, that are, you know, any of you guys go through a conversation like 60 times before you have the conversation? My wife does that. She's not here tonight, so we can talk about her. She does that. She'll be thinking like, okay, if they say this, then I'm going to say this. But then if they say that, then I'm going to say that, right? And she goes through these, and, and there will be times where she'll be talking to me. She'll be like, what are you going to say? What do you mean, what am I going to say? I'm just going to talk to him. But what are you going to say? I don't know. I'm just going to talk. You're just going to talk. What if they say this? I'll say, well, I don't know. I'll answer them, right? Drives her nuts. But what drives me nuts is going through the conversation 60 times. Ain't nobody got time for that, right? But Jesus said, don't premeditate what you're going to say beforehand. He says, the Holy Spirit will speak on your behalf. Now, you may not be going before a king. You may not be going before a religious leader. You may not be going before people that want to put you to death. Maybe, but most likely not, right? And here's the deal. You don't have to premeditate it. God will lead you if you just rely on him. And when the conversation is going on, just say those little silent prayers inside of your mind. You're thinking, Lord, help me. God, open the door. God, I pray, Lord, if they're right for salvation, they'd get saved right now, God. You can lead someone to Jesus at this time. Come on, give the Lord a praise for that. That's good news. Christmas is the time to be as vocal as we can with our faith. But Christmas is also the time to be as generous as you can. Think about this for a second. Christmas is a a season of generosity. It's estimated that one billion with a B, billion dollars is spent on gifts at Christmas time. Not one billion, sorry. Trillion with a T, trillion. Sorry, it used to be 40 billion. Sorry, I had that number in my head from like the 80s because I was looking up old research. And then I saw the new one and I went, oh my gosh. One trillion, trillion with a T, trillion dollars spent around Christmas on gifts. Now, there are many who would criticize and say, man, that's just excess. That's just the American society. That's terrible. That money could be spent in so many better places. Can I ask you something? What better place could you spend your money than telling someone that you love them with a gift? Right? It's part of the way that I tell my wife and my children, I love you and I care about you. Right? Now, is it shallow? Is it the basic? Is it the least way? Absolutely. But you know what? I still get them gifts. And I still share with them that I love them by giving them a gift. And oftentimes when we give gifts, we'll take some time to remember the greatest gift that was ever given to us in Jesus Christ, that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. And so we give gifts. Sometimes we don't give extravagant gifts to people. You know, sometimes we'll just give a little something, a little, I was thinking about you gift, or I saw this around Christmas time. We just bless somebody with something. And it, and it just feels good to know that somebody's thinking about you and that they were willing to spend $5 on some stupid thing on Amazon, right, in order to just remember you. And so Christmas is a time to be as generous as you can. It's a season of generosity. It's a time where we can change our perspective from being so take, take, take oriented. Because in our society, there is a whole lot of take. There's a whole lot of me, myself, and I. I'm looking out for number one. And it's a time to change our perspective over to, you know what, I'm not just going to take, but I'm going to give. Because Jesus said it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. And when we give, we're following our Jesus because he gave everything for us on the cross, didn't he? 
We're following God who gave of his spirit, who gave his son. He didn't, he didn't hold back anything. So I want to encourage you guys this season to look for ways to be generous, not just giving gifts, not just spending money, that sort of thing. How about this? Help a single mom put up her lights. That's a great way to give, isn't it? How about this? Spend, some, spend time with someone at a convalescent hospital. Go and visit and sit down and read the Christmas story to somebody. Take your kids with you. It will change their life. How about this? Bake some cookies for your neighbors and just take them around and say, I was just thinking about you. It's Christmas. Merry Christmas. Here's some cookies that me and the kids made, right? There, there are numerous ways that you can find a way to be generous. Be generous with your time. Be generous with your talent. Be generous with your treasure. Be generous this Christmas season. Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. See, God knew the time, and because he knew the time, he gave that we might receive. And now because we have received, the Bible says, freely you have received, freely give. Those things that we've received, you know, you can give somebody some prayer. You can give somebody some encouragement. You can give somebody a smile. You can give somebody some help, right? At The Rock, we take time at Christmas to be generous. Our Christmas at The Rock outreach has helped so many people. This year alone, we are giving out 336 gifts to families in our church who wouldn't have had Christmas otherwise. Our prison ministry sent out Bibles into Juvenile Hall. I just talked with Al who does that. He is a mighty man of God, and he's been doing it for 28 years here in the San Bernardino Juvenile Hall Detention Centers. They've got a red Bible and a black Bible, okay? Everybody gets the red Bible, and that's kind of their, they can use it and that sort of a thing, but if they do good and on their exit, they get a black Bible. We supply those Bibles for them. We supply gifts for the Chino Institute for Women. We're in the prisons. We're out there with rocking the streets with stocking stuffers, letting people in areas that are run down areas that they run when we come. They come running, and one little girl shouted, tell me if this is true, Brian. She shouted, nothing good ever happens except this, when she's run into our outreaches. People come out because we're there because they don't feel safe coming out otherwise. And they're blessed when we go to those neighborhoods. Also, the convalescent hospital ministry brings uh, stockings, uh, little glove and a shoebox baskets and things for them uh, with knit caps and warm blankets and the love of Jesus and Christmas carols that they sing with the kids. This is a time to be generous. Maybe you want to get on board. They're going out next Saturday. Is that right, Brian? What time are you guys going out? Homeless is at nine. Rock in the Streets is at 12, and Convalescent is at 9 here on Saturday morning, right? 9 on Saturday or 12 on Saturday. One of the two. We'll get you guys connected if you guys want to go out. It's a season of giving. It's an opportunity. It's a time for us to reach out with the love of Jesus. So, be as vocal as you can with your faith, because Christmas is the time to do that. Be as generous as you can be, because Christmas is a time where we saw the generosity of God. The last one for tonight is this, is be as joyous as you can with your celebration. Be as joyous as you can with your celebration. Anybody like going and seeing Christmas lights? I love just driving around. There's, I, I take my kids out once a year, and we just get some hot drinks in the car, and we just drive around and just go look at Christmas lights. I love this one street corner. Uh, I live in Redlands, and there's this one house that is just all decked out. I mean, you can't see any of the yard. They've got their little wooden things all set up. Lights are on everything. The whole place is just all decked out. The guy across the street has a sign 
that says ditto, and it points to the house next door. I just love that. I love that. But he's starting to put up more stuff on his house, too. It's so cool to see, like, dueling houses, you know, but for the time being, it's just uh, what they did. You know, I just like what they did. But I just think it's time for us to celebrate. I think it's time for us to trim the tree. Time for us to put up the lights. Time for us to put the little sign, happy birthday, Jesus. Time for us to celebrate what God did. Time for us to gather family. Time for us to gather friends. Time for us to celebrate what took place. Because if we don't, it's going to get taken over by the world. Hallmark would love to make it about romance. Uh, the movie companies would love to make it about Santa Claus and, and you know, the, the winter time and uh, Jack Frost and all this other stuff, Frosty the Snowman. All these different things that can come in and encroach upon the true thing that took place is that there's born to you this day the city of Bethlehem, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This is our time. And throughout the biblical accounts of Christ's birth, we find that there was tremendous joy. Think about the angels singing. What a joyous experience that must have been. I would imagine those shepherds at first were startled, but then a big smile and a laugh came over them because heaven showed up. The angels just appeared and there was a choir. You ever been blown away watching like a, a fireworks presentation or maybe you went to an orchestra and you were just blown away at the sound or at the sights? I mean, this would have been overwhelming, but it would have been a joyous occasion. Even the forerunner, John the Baptist, caused great joy. You remember his parents were celebrating. And when Mary showed up to talk to Elizabeth, John the Baptist leapt in her womb. There was joy all over the place. Why? Because for so long, for millennium, man had been dead in his sin, and now the Savior was showing up, and it's time to celebrate. It's time to rejoice because we no longer have to be dead in our sin. Now we can be alive in Jesus Christ. There's great joy. The angelic announcement, I mean, if this is what the Bible says about the birth of our Lord, then we should be as joyous as the occasion demands, don't you think? I mean, there's a whole lot of bah humbug in the church. I hate it when people look like they've been sucking on lemons. Like, There are people who have left this church because we put Christmas trees up in the sanctuary and in the foyer. Can I tell you something? Bye. Go find another church where they don't put Christmas trees up. This church is going to put a tree up. You want to know why? Because everything that God made points to him. And those trees are pointing straight up to heaven. And the star at the top reminds me that there was a star that led the wise men to Jesus, and wise men still seek him today. Every light that's lit in the tree reminds me of the light of the world that came at Christmas time. Every gift under the tree reminds me of the gift that was given in Jesus Christ. Every song that we sing reminds me of the song of heaven, that worthy is the Lamb. Oh my goodness, Christmas is a time to celebrate with loudest shouts. Hallelujah! Jesus has come! This is the time that we're in. Ecclesiastes 3.1, to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. Anybody hearing the birds right now? Some of you young people don't even know what that means. You're like, there's no birds in the sanctuary. I don't know what they're talking about. Ecclesiastes 3.4, a time to weep and a time to laugh. There's that joy, a time to mourn and a time to dance. This is our time to dance. Ecclesiastes 3.12 and 13, I know that nothing is better for them than to rejoice. Somebody say Rejoice. Put a smile on your face and say rejoice. Rejoice and do good in their lives. Verse 13, and also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor. Look at this. It is the gift of God. Sometimes we, we feel guilty when we celebrate. 
We feel guilty when we spend money, right? We, we feel guilty if we're, we're joyous because, man, we should be serious. We should be sober. There's a time for that. Don't get me wrong. There is a time for that to weep and to wail and to mourn and, 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 and to, to just not have and, and to, to hold back. But guess what? That's not Christmas. Christmas is the time to celebrate. Christmas is the time to eat too much. Come on, somebody. You can fast in January with us. We will, all right? It'll be all good because it's the gift of God. God wants you to celebrate. God wants you to have a wonderful time this Christmas season. God wants you to rejoice. All the lights, all the decorations, all the gatherings, all the meals should be focused on the joy of the baby who is given to us. This is the time, this is the season for us to celebrate the birth of our Lord, that God came in the flesh in the form of a baby. And at the right time he came, and now it's our time. It's our time to declare our wonderful faith of the greatest story that's ever told. We need to be as vocal as we can be with our faith. It's our time to generously give and be the blessing that God wants us to, the, wants us to be to the people that are in our lives. It's time to be as generous as we can. And it's our time to be as joyful as we can with our celebrations. If you got something from the word of the Lord, come on tonight. Give God a great big praise. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to the Rock Church and World Outreach Center. If this message spoke to you, please share it with us. We'd love to hear from you. You can find more information at www.rockchurch.com.